0: Ahoy! I'm Rich Grimshaw, and this is the daily podcast practice show for Tuesday, July twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. The show about nothing in particular, and about anything I find interesting that I can fit into four, maybe ten minutes of being a podcasterator. Because this is where I practice podcasterizing. I I want to get better at this. I'd like to be like the top of the hill, the king of the heap, but not going to do that on its own. So I got to show up every day in practice. So, this is me showing up. I need to put in the reps and do this work. I have no idea where this is leading. None. But I am sure headed to wherever that is. Thanks for joining me, at least for today. According to NationalToday.com, today is National Scotch Day. I love scotch. I really do enjoy a good glass of scotch. Now, in order to be considered scotch, the spirit has to be made in Scotland. So, I ask... How can we claim National Scotch Day? It's not even made here. We import it. That just seems wrong to me. And why isn't it National Scotch Whiskey Day? Isn't it a Scotch whiskey? Janet and I went to Scotland in uh, 1989, and we visited at least two distilleries that I can recall. One was Glen Fittich, and the other one, uh, I think, was Edradour. We flew into... To London and took the train up to Edinburgh. We were with her mother and father. Her mother was born in Scotland and emigrated to the United States at an early age. So there's still family over there. And when we got up there towards uh, Edinburgh, we visited family and stayed in their homes and got to meet relatives. That's that was kind of neat. Saw the place where she was born. And then we got in the car and drove on the wrong side of the road all the way up to the north of Scotland and around and down the other side. Saw the heather on the hill and a lot of old castles and the Loch Ness. Didn't see any monster, just the Loch Ness. It was fun. Truly a life experience. And we sampled some scotch along with other local drinks. I think one that impressed me was the Shandy, which is lemonade and beer. Yeah, (laughs) serious. Lemonade and beer. And it was tasty. I, I liked it. So, celebrate National Scotch Day. I am not celebrating by having any scotch. I don't think I have any scotch in the house. It's not really my go to summertime cocktail, but I sure do enjoy it in cooler weather. Got a word for today. It's not related to scotch, but the word is obstreperous, spelled O B S T R E P E R O U S. Obstreperous is an adjective. That means marked by unruly or aggressive noisiness or stubbornly resistant to control <laughs> and that is me sometimes well i think that was more me as a child before my before my frontal lobe became more well developed <laughs> i just didn't want to be controlled i wasn't i don't think i was i still don't like to be controlled but these days rather than pout about it i just kind of avoid those situations where i'm where folks are trying to control me i just walk away So that's our word today of Sreperis. Go ahead, try using that in a letter to one of your elected representatives today. Here are some fun facts from today's bullsheet. Number one, the most common dream we have, we being homo sapiens, I think, is of falling, followed by being chased or attacked. Hmm. I must be a bit uncommon. Well, I know I'm uncommon. I've had dreams of falling and being chased at attack, but certainly uh, not in a long time, not falling or being chased, but being attacked, yes. I, I've had recent dreams, as in the past several years, of being attacked several times, and, and I go to thrashing around in the bed and waking Jan up, and she's got to calm me down, bring me back from the edge. I think my most common dream is of being in the housing business. So, let's see, from 1995 to about... I was a general contractor, had a business partner, and we built single-family homes for the most part. And my dreams are always of having a lot of inventory and houses just sitting there and nobody coming by to get them. And uh, (laughs) the dreams are always kind of crazy about how many houses we've got and what's happening with them. And it's like, yeah, they've been there for a couple years and eh, I don't care. Sometimes I do care. I, I don't know. They're, they're very odd, but that, that's a recurring dream of mine. So, so because of that, I am not going into the single-family home business anymore. But there's other reasons for that too. All right, fun fact number two: humans, that's us, can smell over ten thousand different aromas. That many, really? Hmm. I love my sense of smell. Uh, the aroma of scotch, for example, and most spirits and wine. Those are quite quite nice. But there are, there are smells of nature smells of domesticity uh, smells of the country different smells of the city books have aromas buildings have aromas places have aromas parts of the country and the world have aromas and uh, sometimes you just catch a, a whiff uh, and it's it's unexpected and, and you get transported to another time I do anyhow I don't know about you kind of like Billy Pilgrim in Slaughterhouse-Five I, I'm still reading it, by the way. I'm reading it slowly. I'm savoring it. All right, another fun fact. It takes 200 muscles to take one step. <laughs> no wonder I'm so sore when I walk. In England, in the 1500s, beards were taxed according to their length. I wouldn't have paid much. I have a short, short facial hair. The world has been at peace only 8% of the time over the last 3,500 years. And that is so sad. So I guess that means that at some, at any point in time, there's been some kind of war or strife going on, except for 8% of the time, which is only 280 years out of the last 3500. And our last fun fact for the day, the inventor, the guy who invented the revolving doors, did that because he hated opening doors for women. Oh, what an ugly person. I'd like to know more about that. That sounds like, that just sounds like an urban legend to me, like something something I would see on the interwebs that I would go then to verify on Snopes. And I want to finally read from the blog of Matthew Dix. Uh, it's a very, very touching anecdote, and it, frankly, it brought me to a full stop. Matthew is one of the most interesting people that I know. He writes something on his blog every single day. He has for the past umpty-ump-jazillion years. And how he thinks of these things, I don't know. I can't imagine a life being so full that you would have something to write about every day. That's certainly not my life. I struggle just to find something to talk about every day. So this is from his blog from today, July 27th of 2021. Posted at 8.02 a.m. in the morning. Sorry, that was redundant. It's titled, Ask for What You Want. It was posted at 7.29 my wife, Elisha, received a text from someone we don't know well, but would not categorize as a friend. I'm sorry. I messed that up. My wife, Elisha, received a text from someone we know well, but would not categorize as a friend. We've never set foot in their house, never shared a meal, and never purposefully attended an event together. A well-known acquaintance for sure, but not exactly a friend. The text message that she received on July 19th at 1034 a.m., Red, hi, I totally don't know how to do this as an adult, so I'm going to do what worked for me in second grade. Do you want to be my friend? Maybe come over to my house? (laughs) That is so cool. So Matthew says, I find this text message glorious, and I agree with him. Far too often in life, people are unwilling and afraid to say the things they really mean, ask for exactly what they want, insist upon clarification and specificity. Say a true hard thing. Instead, people wait and they hope. They question and they waffle. They lean and maybe nudge. So this doesn't get us anywhere. It fails to achieve the desired goal. It delays, defers, and sometimes derails the fulfillment of a want or a wish. It creates a barrier between something that can improve their life, bring them happiness, or inject clarity into their life. This person boldly asked for something she wanted, and as a result, we were visiting with them less than a week later, sitting around a fire, telling stories, (laughs) sitting around a fire in July. Come on. Telling stories, toasting marshmallows, and laughing. Alicia and I have new friends today. Our children have new friends, too. A life with more friends is happier and better life. My life, therefore, is happier and better thanks to this text message. How often does a simple text message produce such positive results? That's a good question. Yeah. Matthew says, I'm so happy this person was brave and bold and confident and direct. It's a great lesson to us all. And it is. That took some courage and imagination. Just remarkable. It shows how awkward it can be to connect. And it is, especially as an adult. But this person found a way to overcome that. And I I really, really admire it. And that's why I wanted to share this story with you. So that's all we have for today. I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.